Hi, everyone. Here's my disclaimer. The views of the guests discussed in this interview may not represent those of the station or the host. Any information that you hear, please discuss with your primary care physician. Hi, everyone. This is Betsy Wurzel, your host of Chatting with Betsy on Passionate Rural Talk Radio, where we're mantras to educate, enlighten, and entertain. And I have a phenomenal guest with me today. Matter of fact, not only is my guest phenomenal, she's extra special to me because Marsha Burr was my first mentor in the dementia world. She was my first mentor to tell me about the happy place, and she was real. And I met Marsha in a Facebook group, and I said, I have got to be friends with this person. (laughs) She's bold, she's sassy, and I just really uh, liked what she was doing and raising awareness. She was showing her wife, Donna's picture, and she was very authentic, and I said, I've got to know her. So I think I've known Marsha for, I want to say, seven or eight years, right, Marsha? It's got to yeah. be that long. It's been a while, yeah. It's been quite yeah, a while so I, Yeah, so I have with me today Marsha Burr. She is on the board of Elder Options in Florida. She's a certified trainer in Tai, tai Chi. Can never pronounce that right? And she has a wonderful videos, a YouTube channel called Marsha's Dementiaville Highway Playlist. But look for Marsha Burr. Just different playlists. And do you still have the Voyages of the USS Lifecraft, Marsha? Oh, yeah, that's a Facebook page. So I post updates in there also. And it, it's mostly uh, geared towards my local area because that's my focus uh, a lot is like this is an inside-out job instead of trickle-down, <laughs> which doesn't. So, yes, that's kind of my local area page. And then, of course, my uh, just my profile wall, which is Marsha Burr with a picture of Rosie the Riveter on it that says we can be it. Yes. Yeah, so I want to welcome Marsha Burr, my friend, my mentor. Um, and I just uh, adore you, Marsha. So thanks for coming back on Chatting with Betsy. And we're going to catch up, folks. What's going on, Marsha? Well, thanks, Betsy, and, and, you know, I just love you. I love your perk. I love your attitude and outlook on life, and you just keep it up, girlfriend. <laughs> Thank you. I love <laughs> you, too. <laughs> um, yeah, we've been through a lot together, and we've learned a lot together, and, so you know, it's funny you call me your first mentor, but uh, to me, my way of thinking and how I learned about being a, a good care partner is this simple truth. We walk each other home. And in Dementiaville, listen, we don't, you write in pencil, a pencil with an eraser, because what works one day might not work the next. And uh, you just never know. So true. You never know. This is why it's so important that we connect with one another, because that's how we learn the best. We know better than doctors oftentimes, and I'm speaking there as a, a retired x-ray tech who worked on a trauma one ER for seven years. I know what an emergency is, and I also know what terminal hangnail is. And the benefit right. of all of that experience is that I know how to communicate with doctors and medical terminology so that they will listen to me. But beyond that, being... A medical person really did not train me to be a dementia care partner much at all. Same, yes, same with me, Marcia. Yeah, just um, going through taught me. So, yes. Anyway, um, you know, we're just going to kind of catch up on what's going on around here in north central Florida. And um, I'll, I'll start you off with this thought because I was thinking about this today. Um, You might be a dementia care partner if a a loved one you care for calls you on their cell phone to tell you that their cell phone doesn't work and your reaction is that that 
that's quite common and that everything's okay and that their phone is fixed. <laughs> that's kind of like how it is in Dementiaville. You just don't know and things weird things like that happen. And, you know, most people might go, what do you mean your your phone doesn't work? You're calling me on it. But, you know, I learned in dementia caregiving that, you know, <laughs> anything goes <laughs> and you just roll with it and be kind. I think that's one of the biggest lessons I learned being a dementia care partner. Honestly. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and that's, that's true. That actually happened to me today with a gentleman that um, I still do some uh, caregiving for. He He's really an amazing man. He's 75, and he lives alone, and he has Parkinson's and some kind of dementia that hasn't been specifically diagnosed, but I recognize it. I've seen it before. And I I know how to roll with it just fine, and and so it's a win-win situation for me because it's it's one of my jobs that I care about, and it helps him tremendously. We've been able to keep him living at home alone independently for three years now, even through all of COVID, which is pretty amazing because he has a home health care team that comes in in the morning from... 8 a.m. to noon, uh, six days a week to help him remember to take his medicines and make sure he eats and that everything's cool and do you need anything. And then he has a team of uh, friends and like the primary caregivers who fill in the rest of the week for him. And unfortunately for this gentleman recently, um, one of the people that was from the home health care company that was actually uh, trickle-down paid for through elder options funding, uh, one of the caregivers stole his bank card. And... When I found out about this, I'm not the POA, but I am on the board of directors for Elder Options, and so this concerned me greatly because this is not how we need to be spending our dollars on people that are stealing and abusing our elders. That is that that's a crime. It's elder abuse, and yes, so and it's very common. Yeah, unfortunately, it's a very sad thing. Yeah. But there's there's rev there's there's resources and there's avenues of action that people can take. And so, thank goodness, I happened to find out about this um, kind of just on a weird thing. I I'm the main one that takes him to doctor appointments since I know how to speak the language. And um, I can communicate for him because he has a really hard time with words now. And he gets very anxious about things and frustrated because he can't find the words, even though he can, like, see it in his mind. Sometimes he just can't spit it out right. And so it's been tricky over the years learning how to communicate with this gentleman. But um, that's what taking care of Gaidana helped teach me. I learned to listen to the unspoken language of the heart. I learned to watch the body language. I learned how to ask simple questions that he could say yes or no that would be, you know, it's sort of like playing 20 questions sometimes. But it works. Right. If you work it, you know, and the key to working it effectively is to be patient and kind because that's what, that's what speaks at the end of the day to people who have dementia or some kind of cognitive uh, decline. And so I'm very happy that I, I take him to doctor appointments because when I was at his house one day, I had to uh, go into his medical chart online, which I'm authorized to do, to find out about some lab results. And in the process of doing that, you know how you sometimes have to, they send you a code that says, um, verify it's you. We sent you a code to your email. What's the code? 
So I had to go into his email. And thank goodness I did because when I went into his email for the code, which I retrieved, um, I saw another email from Amazon that said, your order was declined. And so I'm like, what? This guy does not go online and order stuff on Amazon. He can't even pay his own bills anymore. He doesn't drive. He can, you know, he has trouble communicating and it makes him anxious. So I looked into it and someone, one of the morning caregivers, had gone online and ordered like the most, I couldn't even believe what this woman ordered, uh, something called horny goat weed and believe it or not, a vibrator. And I'm like, what is this caregiver going to do, man? Go get paid and, you know, what is she going to do with that stuff and this gentleman for four hours? It was like, whoa, no, put the brakes on right here, right now. This ain't happening. So I looked into it more and she also tried to order a $500 Amazon card and um, a tablet. And none of that went through, but she did manage to sneak through a bunch of DoorDash orders, like for free lunch. And that's baloney, too, because she, she lied about it. She was questioned about it because we, we've talked to the care manager from this um, company, said, what in the world is going on? And they, you know what they said? They said, oh, that's such a shame. She's one of our best employees with the patients. And I'm like, well, yeah, she is. She's a con artist. Con is short for confidence. They gain your confidence. And so uh, it was really kind of a sad situation. We retrieved almost all of the money uh, that she stole with his bank card number. And then she knew she was going to get busted big time. And her last day, even after we told the company, do not send her to this man's house ever again, they did it anyway, and she stole his bank card on that last day. So I was irate. Was there any Go legal ahead. action taken, Marcia? Well, here's the deal. Um, I'm kind of in a middle position with this because I'm one of his primary caregivers, but I'm not his power of attorney. And I'm also on the board of directors for Elder Options, so I, ha I felt like I had to be careful how I handled this, but yes, I handled it. Um, I, I'm in constant communication with the power of attorney. As a matter of fact, I have another job with her that's separate from this caregiving job I do. And so we worked out a plan, and she stopped the bank card, and she stopped, you know, um, contested all of these charges, and, and while she was getting that done, I got a hold of Elder Options and said, hey, what are the recourses here for my friend <laughs> who uses, you know, used Elder Options to get this home health care company? And so I found out what she could do precisely. And here's the tricky thing with this, too, that I thought about is that, you know, the woman that pulled this off or thought she pulled it off, um, she's a CNA. She makes nine bucks an hour, and she's a single mom. And unfortunately, to get anything to, to happen, she has to be reported. But here's where therein lies the rub, because as a single mom, if she's, uh, like, incarcerated for a felony charge of elder abuse, then her child is going to go into the system and learn how to be a good criminal. So that, to me, really isn't, like, the best answer. So some of these things need further examination, I feel, and working out um, between patient care and agency. Um, sometimes it takes yeah. a little bit of diplomacy. And really, at the end of the day, it was not my call to make because I'm simply a friend and a caregiver to this person. I'm not the power of attorney. So, but I yeah. relayed the information and resources. And there was like five different things that uh, could be done here in the state of Florida. Every state's a little different. So you have to kind of ask questions. 
But one of the best places to ask about elder abuse is your local agency on aging. Every state has at least one of them. All you have to do is Google agency on aging for your state, and you can get a phone number. And then you can get lots of resources for your area. So I relayed all of that information, and um, the POA said, yeah, she'd have to press charges because we both agreed that maybe this woman shouldn't be incarcerated, but she certainly should not be doing caregiving for elders who have dementia ever again. I'm sorry. You just don't. So I have yet to see what's going to happen with this, but action is being taken. Um, One of the suggestions was to, and anybody can do this, you can go on uh, Google and um, you can write a review on the name of the company that didn't do right because this company, after they were informed, sent this person back to the place where we said don't. And that's just not cool. Um, Beyond that, to put out a specific name of the person, I would be hesitant to do in this conversation because of all the reasons I previously stated. Um, But that's one step that can be taken. Another step that can be taken is the calling up the complaint line at, um, is it the, it's through the uh, Caregiving Act, American Caregiving Act and uh, they will follow through on it. Now, in my local area, there's another agency locally that handles specifically elder abuse situations. So that's something that people can look into because at the end of the day, when we're dementia care partners, a lot of times we just have to figure things out. And so how do we do that? We ask questions from people who've been through it and uh, consider the suggestions and then take any appropriate action that we're able to. But we, we weren't born knowing how to do this. We didn't wake up one day and say, oh, gee, I would really like to watch uh, my wife die of younger onset Alzheimer's disease. I wonder what that's like. You know, it's not something we <laughs> right. generally volunteer for. But I'll tell you, once a caregiver, always a caregiver. And it, it the whole journey changed me at a core level, Betsy. Yes, uh, I'm got me too. Yes, lesson, definitely. The biggest lesson I learned, honestly, is there's no room safe for love. And that taught me what my priorities are, love, not fear. And it also taught me healthy boundaries and how to be a caregiver to myself. Because if we don't take care of ourselves, Sorry, we're not taking care of anybody else very well. And unfortunately, the way humans are, it's hurt people who end up hurting people. And so we must take care of ourselves. And um, that's why I'm just so thrilled that I get to do what I get to do every day. And, you know, um, I practice Tai Chi and Qigong every day. I learn new forms. And... I get to teach it to people who are trying to take their own well-being into their hands and and stay healthy or get healthy or improve in some way. And the beauty of Tai Chi and Qigong is that it's it's really energy work is what it is. And certain movements can be done that correlate um, directly with even the meridian lines that acupuncture doctors use. Uh, Qigong happens to be the great-grandmother of Tai Chi and acupuncture and martial arts. It's so old that they don't even have a written history of it. A lot of the beginning of it is, is written in legend. That's how old it is. But I'll tell you something. It works, and I speak from someone who has benefited from it myself personally it's helped me uh with my heart and circulation problems that i've had you know because i did survive a widow maker heart attack to become a widow um 
It's helped me uh, keep a good outlook and attitude and just generally feel happy and well. And it's helped me tremendously with mindfulness because you have to be really kind of focused on what you're doing, but at the same time, uh, you, you learn how to let go of your worries, let go of, you know, the fleeting thoughts that pass by you like a cloud in the sky. You learn how to become more a step back kind of and be an objective observer of things. And that's very healthy. It's something I think the whole world needs to benefit from right now. And it, you, can, you can learn it by going on YouTube. It, not that easily. I really suggest if you're really into it that you uh, get an instructor that knows what to do and how to do it. And, you know, a way you can tell a good instructor is do they appear healthy? Are they in good shape? Are they happy? Can they communicate well? Are they patient? Do they explain things in a clear and easy manner? Are they open to questions? And all of those things that I just laid out are also good qualities for a dementia care partner. So all of this stuff goes hand in hand really well. Um, you know, I love it. I, I've taught classes where 80-year-olds uh, are learning Tai Chi and Qigong. I started uh, a new session here locally at a place where we <clears throat> we had a this old ghost town Winn-Dixie shopping center. It's been vacant for like 20 years that I've lived here, and I've lived here longer than that. And I'd drive by it going to Gainesville a lot and just sat there empty, empty. But recently someone bought it. So it's it's starting to get used and they've done a really kind of cool thing with it because they're community minded and they built this big covered area with this big huge uh like tin roof and they put little little stores in there like you know people are into little houses these days well these are little stores and they built this big huge square like bar and there's little restaurants in there and I love the whole thing because it's open air. You're not confined in a small space. And they have live music there, and they do community events there. And they got a hold of me and asked me if I would like to teach Tai Chi or Qigong there. So I started doing that, and that's really cool. That's cool. Yeah, I love it, man. And I'm still teaching at Bronson Yoga. And I have, you know, uh, I'm getting new new students who love it. And that's what I'm looking for is people who love this. I'm not about, you know, it's it's nice that I get to do these different things and they, uh, they keep me comfortable and pay my bills. But it, it's really not about the money to me. It's about connecting with my community here locally and meeting new people and uh, getting healthy together having fun and I'll tell you it took me like let's see now uh, it'll be seven years coming up next year that Gaidana died that's quite a while ago and seven honestly, years that, yeah oh where's the time gone Marcia uh, yeah oh my, I remember yeah. like like yesterday yeah yeah honestly I mean it changed me at a core level but I'm still growing, and honestly, it's taken me all of this time, really, to um, recharge my own batteries, address my own health issues, and trust me, I had a bunch of them because when I was caregiving, I lost my career as an x-ray tech. I had no job. I couldn't qualify for um, Social Security. I was too young. I had a heart attack in the middle of it. And so I had to, you know, basically rebuild my life after Gaidana died. But I look back on it today, and I was just thinking about this today, too. Is, yeah, I had to rebuild my life. But the way I'm seeing it now is more like I was given the opportunity to do whatever I want to do. 
for whoever I want to, whenever I want to, however I want. And uh, I feel blessed for that. And, and so that blessing to me and the joy that that brings me, it ripples out to every, everybody I'm meeting now. And now I'm finally getting my energy back after having more stint placements and you know, getting my heart checked and dealing with some other medical issues this year. And I'm really happy about all of that. I, I'm healing, and I have more energy. I'm feeling like than I than I've had in quite some time. And all of it now I can take and use to continue doing what I do. And I love what I do. Uh, this let's see, this Saturday, the 22nd of October, here in Gainesville, Florida, is another thing I've been involved with since last millennium. It's the time for the Gainesville Pride Festival. And Gaydana and I went to Pride Festivals, oh, so year after year, so many years. And I've made videos of those, too. That's another playlist I have in my uh, YouTube channel, which is just called Marsha Burr. Um, and so this year I got an email from the Pride Committee, and they wanted to know if I'd like to do something so I got back to them and I'm going to be teaching a Qigong class at the Pride Festival this Saturday and I'll be able to talk to the people at the Pride Center that we have in town which um, exists as an offshoot of, of me being directly involved with the fundraising of that oh golly almost 30 years ago now and I, I'm looking forward to perhaps being able to offer an Elder Options Tai Chi class for the LGBT community right there at the Community Pride Center. So all of this is new stuff that's starting to happen around my area. And I'm really excited about all of that. And, you know, here's something I, I want people to, to walk away with. If, if you're listening to this uh, radio chat, is that it, we all do the best we can with what we have. And uh, all of us can find something that we love to do or like to do or puts a smile on our face or perks us up a little bit. And those are the things that we need to pay attention to in our lives, that kind of energy that that sparks something that feels good to us inside because that's the energy. It's the same energy we use to be a good care partner. It's the same energy we use to, to heal ourselves and to be in a state of well-being and balance and living. And they're important things and they're little things. It's the little things that we do every day that add up to the big things ultimately. You know, it's the big things that happen in our lives. To me, I mean, I worked in an ER, so yeah, I'm kind of used to, you know, life happening in whatever degree it does. But it's the big things I found that aren't, we, we tend to roll with those. Why? Probably because we don't have much choice. But it's the little things that we do every day. <clears throat> the way we think about our lives. And I want people to start thinking about this idea. The next time that you're feeling down or depressed or angry or upset or sad, I want you to stop yourself a minute. Stop. Catch yourself. And then ask yourself this. What was I just thinking about before I noticed this feeling? And you can retrace that. And you will come to discover that your thought is what led you to your feeling. And if that's the case, well, guess what? There's a really simple, not always easy, but simple thing you can do to snap out of it. Change your thought. Yes. Redirect yourself. How often are care, diminished care partners told, yes, redirect, redirect, redirect. Well, we need to do that to ourselves, too. And so this whole caregiving journey and my own personal story behind all that has taught me to be self-vigilant. And that's not to say self-centered, because trust me, I'm not the center 
of the universe, and it ain't all about me. What is about me is how I choose to look at things and my attitude about it and what I do with it. And so that's, in a nutshell, um, what got me through being a dementia care partner with my wife, and it's led me to all these amazing, beautiful connections seven years later, and it's going to continue getting good and better. Because why? Because I care, and because that's where my passion is drawn, and that's what makes me feel good, and that's what ripples out everybody else. It's contagious. Try it. You'll like it. Yes, I've done, um, I've had many uh, interviews, Marsha. I think of you every time with guests this year and saying the same thing as you just said, thoughts. You know, we have negative thoughts. We think negative. It's not good for our mental and emotional and spiritual, physical health. And I've had many guests on uh, discussing that. I think of you every time because I think, I'm, oh, Marcia would love this because this is what she said years ago. And um, I was a nurse, but being a nurse did not – really prepare me for Matt's journey. I could my mother-in-law first um, and dealing with Matt. Yeah, it changed me. I, I understand at the core. I, you probably did this too, Marcia, but we learned, or I learned such deep unconditional love and a, a, just a deep soul connection to Matt that I never had before. Yeah. The Alzheimer's. Yeah, and I realize that both of us, our caregiving journey uh, involves our partners who were, we were married to, our spouses. And so in that regard, everybody might have, you know, other people have different journeys too. It might be their mother, it might be their aunt, their sister, their father, their brother, uh, their child. And so that's why all of our stories are different. And... Uh, that's why we need to share them together because we walk each other home. Yes, very we important. We, yes, we, you know, I learned. Um, I just want that? to clarify something, too. Um, uh-huh. When I say, you know, when I talk about the happy place, I am not talking about going out there with this fake positivity thing that um, can actually be toxic to people because you know some people when especially when you're you know on the other side of caregiving and you're grieving you don't need or want someone telling you how to do that if you're so at that you know that we need to feel and face our emotions because they're little signals to us they're little directional cues that tell us if we're getting off course or if we're in the pipe, five by five, and we're humans, we have thoughts and emotions. They change. The things around us change uh, every day. But at the end of the day, it's what we think about and how we decide we're going to feel about it, even if we have to sometimes redirect our thoughts, because we're not perfect. But we don't have to wallow in all of that stuff. We don't have to wallow in the problem. When we focus on the problem, we make more of the problem. And that's basic physics talking right there. When we think about solutions to our problems or situations, as I like to call them, then it shifts the energy. That's not being toxically and unauthentically positive. It's just a little shift towards saying, what can I find, what goodness can I find in this? Yes. And that's what care, care partnering taught me at a core level. It really did, and it's a lesson the whole world needs to learn. A vast majority, well, maybe not a majority, but a huge part of the whole entire world is getting this lesson for free right now. <laughs> because dementia is the uh, still 
quiet pandemic. People still don't want to talk about it. They're afraid. And the only way to get rid of fear is not to quash it or deny it, but to walk through it. And we walk through it together. We walk each other home. That's true. Um, I learned so much from you and other caregivers. And what a difference from, you know, when my mother-in-law, there wasn't much out there. There wasn't the Facebook back then. There wasn't information out there. And what a difference with Matt getting to support groups online because they couldn't go in person and to learn that there's people that are experiencing the same thing as me, some of the same situations, some of the same feelings. And I, I wasn't alone. I felt that I was not alone anymore, that I had people I could talk to about a problem that understood. And that meant so much to me. Um, and this is one of the purposes of my show, Marcia, and the audience you know, knows, is to help people, to help them know they're not alone, that there's resources to help them so they can live a better life. And education for caregivers is so important, as you know, Marcia. Very important. Absolutely. That's, that's why I, too, will never shut up about it. Um, you know, and we, have, we all have our different little talents or things that um, spark our interest. And that's what you look at. And that's how you can go, yeah, I can, I can do this thing. It'll, it'll make a good ripple out in the world. It'll make other people smile and feel good. And when we make other people feel good, we feel good. They've actually done studies where um, people in in the grocery store in line and say they're like three or four deep in line waiting. And so the person at checkout is short some money on the order. And the person behind them pays for the rest of it. And so the person who received that feels really good and says thank you, and the person who did it feels really good for doing that, and they, they're both smiling. And what they noticed in this study is that then the people behind them that had nothing to do with that transaction at all, they were also happy and smiling. And so this stuff is contagious because uh, it's energy. And energy is always traveling in waves. And the the cool thing about it is that we have the ability to direct the ripples that we make in our lives. And we get the ability to choose which ripples we want to make. Yes. Yes, So that's It's life-changing stuff. It really is. And, you know, I'm thinking back because – I mean, listen, I'm a retired x-ray tech, so obviously I've been a caregiver for a long, long time. And then in the course of uh, going through x-ray school, my mom developed colon cancer. I actually had to stop x-ray school for a year and go down, drive back and forth from uh, where I live here in Williston down to Miami, where my mom lived, uh, every week to take care of her so she could have hospice care at home because she lived alone. And so that was like a prelude to caregiving, too. And it was my mom. And, but none of it. Then afterwards, even, I can't say none of it, but really it was just like the, the prerequisite courses to the real classroom, which I was in as a dementia care partner to my wife. And now it's like the classroom, my personal, I don't know, call me an, what do you call it, emeritus. I graduated, you know, Gaidana has moved on, but I'm still here. And so maybe I'm not in that particular classroom anymore, but life is a classroom. And, you know, we just look around and we go, okay, what's cool? What's happening today? 
well, you know, I'm not big on religion. I'm, you know, I'm not, <laughs> I don't go to church and stuff, but, you know, to me, thoughts become things, and our thoughts could be considered prayers. And one of my favorite prayers, if you want to call it, or thoughts, is, you know, I wake up in the morning, I say thank you, and I say show me. What's on the menu today? What's cool out there? What would I like to do today? What puts a smile? What do I love? What puts a smile out in the world? And when we wake up with that kind of attitude at the start of our day, it generates out into our day. And I I invite people to, to run that experiment and then pay attention to what happens after they wake up that way and the things that happen in their lives. And if you do that long enough, you're going to see some really amazing changes in yourself. And they're kind of slow and subtle because I've been running that particular experiment, oh, my gosh, for about 12 years now. (laughs) And it's still fun. Yes. Um, And then at night, like, think about what you're grateful for. Yes. Um, And, yeah, like, what was great about today? You know, because some people, they go through days and they're so focused on what the horrors of caregiving, for example, and, you know, their family just doesn't get it and they're being judged and hateful and there's bad energy and, they're, you know, they, they feel that way throughout the day and they feel isolated and alone and they have to go clean up more whatever mess their loved ones might have made and fix another meal and go to the doctor for them and, all of this stuff is so draining, but there's still always some little thing at the end of the day that you can go, all right, what, even if it was for a split second, made me smile today? And think about it. And you know what? There was times that I had to actually, I started getting up at 5 a.m. in the morning just so I could have my own alone time from everything else in the world. And now uh, it's kind of like I wake up with the daylight. I don't even use an alarm clock hardly ever. But that pattern's the same. I wake up and I, it's like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm getting ready for the day. I'm putting on my cool, cool happy robe for the day, and I'm going to go out and see what's happening. And we can still do that as caregivers, even if it's <laughs> – going to the bathroom by yourself for five minutes and just chilling out and maybe reading a, a inspirational little book or listening to a song you love or uh, if you have time taking a bath or a quick shower or washing your face and looking in the mirror and smiling at yourself and saying, you know what, I love you. You're doing a good job. And smile at yourself. It makes a difference. It really does. It can yes. change your world, and it, it's subtle little changes at first, but boy, do they make big ripples, and you wake up sometime later in different intervals and go, wow, my thinking has changed. I'm not all uh, obsessed with all the horror of this anymore. I'm remembering and looking for all the little happy moments that take place in the middle of all this stuff, and it changes how you walk through life. Yes, it does. Um, it sure does. I want to suggest to the audience, um, subscribe to my show, but look back on my shows, and I've had some great guests talking about what Marsha is talking about, about thoughts and um, letting go of stuff that no longer serves you, that weighs you down. And this year, Marsha, has been a year of tremendous inner healing for me. Uh, and inner work, and I'm the happiest now about myself than I've ever been in my life, and I'm going to be 65, so it's never too late to learn, folks. It's never too late to change. No, and truthfully, the day we stop learning is the day we're, like, closing the door to the classroom. (laughs) You know, like when we quit learning, then what's the point in living anymore to me? It's like, all right, then I'm just here. Like, so while I'm here, what am I doing? What would I like to do? 
what what floats my boat and makes me happy. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. You know? Yeah, what sparks your passion? Yeah, what feeds your soul and sparks your passion? I mean, and life can take you in places you never thought. I mean, if anyone would have told me six years ago, I would be interviewing people. I would have said, you're nuts. <laughs> There's no way I would be interviewing people. I cannot believe I'm doing what I'm doing, but Matt's journey brought me to where I am today. And yeah, it's just and Beth, incredible. I can recall when I first met you, and it's like you could hardly even work your phone because you didn't have a smartphone yet, and like I'm going, yeah, this girl, and now you 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 have your own radio show and you're doing chats and making videos all the time. You go, girl. Who'd have thunk? It's like me. Who'd have yeah. thunk? I'd be teaching Tai Chi when I'm 64. Which yeah. you know, that's what I I turn 65 next year too. So we both get to go through all the Medicare, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, it's it's an incredible. And, uh, Marcia, thanks for coming on. Can you tell people where they could contact you? Absolutely. Um, on Facebook is the best way. Just look my name up, Marcia Burr, spelled M-A-R-C-I-A, as an F-B-I. Burr, B-U-R-R, as in a sticker burr, can't get rid of me. And <laughs> you'll see uh, my profile picture is Rosie the Riveter, but it says we can be it instead of we can do it. Uh, and that's on Facebook, Marsha Burr. And then also I have the page on Facebook, which is called The Voyages of the USS Life Raft, which is kind of about things local. And I also have a YouTube channel, which is my name again, Marsha Burr. And on that channel, I have lots of playlists because I've been on YouTube. <laughs> I, golly, so long, I don't even remember how long. Anyway, uh, the playlist I have, which is my longest, is called... Marsha's Dementiaville Highway, and it's stories. It's the stories of our lives. I'm a storyteller at heart. I'm a photographer. I'm an archiver of history, um, people's stories. And I've been honored over the years that other dementia care partners from all around the world send me their photos, let me use their photos that tell their own stories of what it's like traveling down the Dementiaville Highway. And it's an amazing thing. It's, it puts a face to dementia. It's my way of creating awareness around the topic. And uh, these videos and pictures are put to songs that all of us have heard. But now, looking at all these images about dementia, the words don't sound quite the same, so it tells a new story, a different story. And uh, making these videos is my honor, and it's my passion. It's one of my zen things that I do that keeps me sane. So thank you, everybody, uh, for that opportunity. I, I feel very blessed and privileged to be able to do that. And uh, highly recommend going on and watching the videos. When I see the videos, Marcia, from like years ago, I'm thinking this one's gone, this one's gone, and trying to remember their names. And, you know, we've, when you said, Mar um, Marcia, when you said that Gaydana will be gone seven years next year, then we've known each other for eight years because I knew you before Gaydana died. So yeah. it's eight years. I mean, that's yeah. like wow. uh, incredible. Yeah. 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 What a and, yeah. And, you know, it's just um, incredible. And, and folks, I, I say this truly, Marsha inspired me. Marsha talked about telling stories and, I believe in telling stories, and we have to share our stories. We have to 
personalize this disease with the name and a face. And I say this, get out of the dementia closet, shine a spotlight on your journey, on your loved one, and show. Show the journeys. Let's let's be um, out and proud like um, our gay brothers and sisters in the LGBTQ plus community. That's what I say. Um, let's have our own stone wall. Have a revolution that we are here and we're proud. We're proud to be a caregiver and to let people know what our journey is like. And I'm very grateful that I have uh, never met Marcia in person yet, but I've known her over the years, and um, you've been um, a a terrific uh, mentor, Marcia, and I really appreciate you coming on and sharing and doing all that you do uh, for people. Um, Thank you, Bethany. And and back at you. You know, I've learned a lot from you, too. I've seen you grow and blossom, and I'm really, I'm so happy that we're friends, and just big hug to you, girlfriend. Yes, big hug to you, too, Marcia. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Folks, if you um, want to know about Marcia, you could read it in the blog. Please read the blog that Jeannie White, the station manager, writes. Thank you, Jeannie, and Jeannie White also produces the show. And I want to thank Lillian Caldwell, CEO, Passion World Talk Radio, that makes this all possible. And I want to thank you listeners for listening and sharing. Please share this show to help other people. When you have information and you don't share it, it's just being selfish as far as I'm concerned. But when you share to help other people, that's helping me with my mission and vision, and that's helping me honor my husband's Matt's memory and his legacy. Because I promised to Matt that I would continue on. And I just appreciate people sharing it. You're not alone. We are here. My show provides resources for people to help people. And that's what my show is about, is to help other people and to give people a better life. And that's what the show is about. And Marsha is a great resource, Marsha Burr. Look her up on Facebook. Look at the videos on uh, YouTube. And if you're in uh, Williston, check out the elder options. Um, It's very important to know about resources in our backyard because most of the time people don't know. I know I didn't. But I want to thank everyone for listening and sharing. And as I always say at the end of my show, in a world where you could be anything, to please be kind and shine your light bright because if we were to be kind, and shine our light, it would be a lot brighter, happier, peaceful world. And so until we chat again, take care. This is Betsy Wurzel, your host of Chatting with Betsy on Passionate World Talk Radio. Bye, everyone.